this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, the number one in deal finding 45,000 leads every month. So right now, I'll be giving the floor to Nancy so that uh, she can start off today's webinar. Nancy? Hey, thank you so much, Kyle. And thanks, everybody, for coming out. You know, I was telling Kyle, I was like, oh, my gosh, there are so many events going on in Dallas tonight. So I know that there's a couple of really big real estate uh, investor meetings that are on video. And then there's, uh, I don't know how many of you heard about the events. Um, so it's a big real estate get together, like in person. I think it's the first one, like since we've been under the pandemic. So, but I want to be here with you all so that we can talk about how to get rich um, and uh, private money lending. Last week, we talked about how to acquire a property. So tonight I'm going to be uh, talking about how to become a private money lender. And it's going to be more specific, like how, how you, um, I'm going to assume that you're going to find your private money lenders from real estate and uh, networking, right? Because being uh, using other people's IRA money is very relationship-based. Um, you know, as I've said before, like if I have brand new investors that are wanting me to put a deal together for them, as we're going to talk about tonight, you know, I'm going to be a little hesitant to do that because the people that I work with have worked with me personally. I've been in deals with them. So tonight's going to be more about how you combine different IRA accounts to become a private money lender. So if you have, we're going to be focusing on small dollar IRAs, but if you have more than $50,000, because I'll be focusing on like the five, the 10, the 15, but my, um, what I'm going to be talking about today is how to use small dollar IRAs to become a private money lender. But all the techniques and what we're going to be in the specific documents and things we're going to talk about can be used on any dollar amount. The key is it has to be self-directed. So without further ado, Kyle, go ahead and we're just going to get right into this. So as you uh, all probably know by now, you know, I wrote the book called Winning Deals and Heels. Uh, I'm also the creator of the Profitable Landlord System. You can check that out. Uh, I've done speaking, been on podcasts and whatnot. Um, what I'm going to be talking to you about tonight, actually, I wrote an article for Forbes that got picked up. And uh, if you go ahead and go on to the next screen. So I've done a lot of talking about you know, how to use small dollar IRAs. And if you don't know my little backstory, it's that I, everything I learned, I went to Quest Trust Company. Uh, they are one of the larger uh, self-directed custodial companies here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but they are not the only one. And there's uh, many other self-directed companies that, you know, across the United States. So these, um, you know, I don't plan, uh, I don't purport to be a CPA or a tax advisor or anything like that. These are um, the information I'm giving you is what I've actually done. I've actually put in, um, in practice. So uh, three ways to grow an IRA. Uh, last week, we talked about, you know, acquiring properties with an IRA. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about private money lending. And then on November 10th, uh, my next uh, webinar was going to be on the third election night. I just didn't really want to compete with Trump and Biden. So we are going to move it to November 10th at six o'clock. So, okay, let's go into the next slide, Kyle. Okay, so always a disclaimer, you know, I'm not a financial planner, I'm not a CPA, I'm not an attorney, uh, and I always encourage you to consult with your financial advisors and CPA, tax attorney, and also the deal. Always make sure you're doing your due diligence, on, no matter how you're investing, whether you're being passive or active, always make sure you do your due diligence. Okay, next slide, please. Okay, so the overview, um, we're going to be talking about, now, when, when we talk about growing your 
IRA, we're talking about it has to be in a self-directed company, you know, like Quest Trust Company. If you have a 401k or another type of um, IRA account that's, say, in Fidelity, they're not self-directed, right? So what are the types of IRAs that can participate? Well, Roth, traditional, the educational, the Cloverdale uh, health savings account, SEP IRA. That's what I have. My husband and I have, um, we each have a Roth uh, and a traditional, and then I have a SEP. And then a checkbook. And I've personally not ever used the checkbook, uh, but the, some of my lenders, they have a checkbook that they're able to, there's some rules about that, but they can do it through their own company. So, okay, next slide, please. So the key is it's self-directed. Now, why did I start putting all this together? Well, I've been doing this, as I said, I went to Lunch and Learns and this is how I learned everything. Nate here, uh, what used to be the VP uh, for Quest Trust Company, he's since moved on to another company. But in less than two years, I've worked with only people that have $50,000 or less in the account. The majority of the people that I work with have somewhere between 10 and 30,000 in, in one or two, you know, they might have two IRA accounts that have $5,000 each, or they might have one that has 15 and one has 25, but all of them are under $50,000. Um, so I do this like not all the time, right? So in the last couple of years, just it's going to be two years this coming November, I have uh, put together, I call it cobbling because you're cobbling all of these IRAs together on 24 different properties with a combined value of over $1 million. Now, you know, on the scheme of things, I had a lady on the other night that she raises, you know, $2 million worth of funds for different things. And that's all good. You know what I mean? But this is a million dollars worth of properties lending with, you know, $10,000, $15,000. So think about that. That's a lot of activity for, you know, um, properties over a million dollars. So those investors that invested made over $135,000 just in interest. Um, normally the, the terms for private money lending that I set up for people are two points, which is the origination points and 10% interest. So they earn $24,900. And then as another caveat when somebody wants to borrow money then i if i'm borrowing money from my account holders or i'm borrowing money i'm putting a deal together for an investor i make the investor pay the fees so generally with custodial accounts what they do is you have their fees to maintain your account there's never a fee for the money going into your account but if you were to lend me let's say ten thousand dollars out of your ira there's going to be a charge for that it's usually 125 150 so myself as the borrower, I'm going to pay those fees. So we've basically what I'm saying is that we've paid $3,200 and just, you know, using fees. So the um, IRA account holder didn't have to pay that the borrower paid. And you know what? I, I did this with um, right around 10 different account holders. And that was only maybe like six or seven people because some people had multiple accounts. So you don't need a ton of people to make this happen. So the total earnings then was almost $160,000 or an average of $7,000 on 10 different account holders. So if you were one of those account holders, depending on your percentage, you would be getting a part of that every month. Okay, go ahead. Next slide, please, Kyle. So whoops, go back. There you go. So how to get started. So first of all, your IRA has to be self-directed. I can't talk about that enough. Um, so if you don't have an account now on the 10th, I'm going to talk about a deal that I did with hundred dollars out of my IRA and I, and I got a property, right? Uh, it's, uh, it has to do with the option. So I recommend, you know, starting out with 5,000, but you know what you can use, it's just harder to get a percentage if you have less than, you know, let's say 2,500, 
the least amount of money I have used is 2,500 and the most on these small dollar IRAs putting it together is 50. So it is difficult to find deals where you can utilize five to 500 to $2,000, but there is a way to use those, but not typically on private money lending. So again, I wanna emphasize this. So you might be sitting there and maybe you just tuned in because it caught your attention about, oh, well, what is she talking about? You know, I wanna grow my IRA. Because when I talk about these funds that are going into your account, they're tax deferred, not tax free, but you can grow your account tax uh, deferred, meaning that you it doesn't, um, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, interfere with the annual contributions you can make. So you can make your annual, annual contributions and still grow as a private money lender and you're gonna be fine. Um, and the idea is that you're growing at tax deferred and then you would be taxed on it, of course, just like an IRA can't when you pull out, pull out the money. So, okay, let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Do you like that, get started. And I, I couldn't find a lady or I would have put her in there. So. All right, so now I'm gonna kind of lecture you a bit. So this is not for the faint of heart and this is not for someone who is, let's say that, you know, uh, for whatever your circumstances are, but you only have $4,000 in your IRA account and you have to rely on that money to pay your bills or what, you know, that you're kind of an emergency situation. So just know that you have to do, you have a little bit of responsibility too. Um, and you always have to vet the deal. So what I'm talking about here. So most of my private money lenders, because I've been investing for so long, um, because I know what I'm doing, because I have a reputation of paying people, people back. I buy good deals. I know how to vet the deal. Um, I, I coach a lot of people about how to use their small dollar IRAs, but the very first, and sometimes what they'll do is they'll just go, okay, Nancy, just put me in the deal. That's all good, but I'm still going to send you the information about the deal. And I'm still going to make you sign off that you at least looked at the deal. Um, you might go, yes, you trust me or whatever, but maybe it's not me you're working with. So you just want to make sure you vet the deal. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. You want to vet your borrower. So if you don't know who you're lending to, uh, and when I say vet the borrower, I don't mean like you have to go in and, you know, do the like, what's their FICA score and all that, because that really won't matter. What matters is the deal, because your IRA needs to be secured and backed by a real estate investment. That's what this is all about. It's not like you're going to go out there and make some crazy investment and give me, you know, all your IRA money. I'm not taking your money. You're, you are having a first lien position, um, which is very important. So whenever I borrow money or lend money to when I'm a private money lender with my IRA, I always make sure I'm in first lien position. Now, on the flip side of that, I have borrowed money and put people in second lien position. But number one, I disclose it. Number two, I have um, a relationship with my account holders that they know that they're in second lien position. I usually pay a little bit higher interest rate for them. Um, and then it's a shorter duration. So, um, and I just let them know and then they can decide if they want to go second lien. But if you're brand new to this, never ever go second lien. What that means is if, if something should happen and the property has to be foreclosed on, you're not in first lien, right? The person that has the main lien is going to get their money first before you do. And then you want to make sure you know what the required paperwork is because there is some paperwork involved. You always close at a title company. And I would put in here um, an attorney's office. If that attorney knows how to work with small dollar IRAs, I would just encourage you to use a title company with an attorney, um, but also make sure that that title company knows how to do the paperwork for um, you know, lending with a, a small dollar IRA. 
And then you know what? The great thing about being a private money lender is you can set your terms. Now, if you're in my deal and you have $5,000, you can't tell me that, oh, hey, Nancy, I want 12%. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, because if everybody else is in at 10, I'm not going to pay one other person 12. So when I say set the terms, you can decide, do you want your IRA tied up longer? And I always encourage my small dollar IRAs to go longer than six months. I mean, if you get a secured uh, investment of eight to 10% return, why would you want to turn that over in three to six months? It seemed to me you want to just keep it in there, keep building, keep building. So, all right, go ahead and go to the next slide, please, Kaya. Now, for those of you that follow me, with my profitable landlord system, you know, I talk a lot about location. Uh, I'm a big person about, you know, I, I like to put eyes on my properties or have trusted boots on the ground that can do it for me. Um, and also location has to do with how, what, you know, what I'm going to do with the property. If it's closer, I'm going to keep it as a rental. If it's further away, I'm probably going to own or finance it, that kind of thing. So, and the other thing you need to think about is if you are ever a private money lender, whether you're in with a group of people or by yourself, would, is it something that you would want? Is that property something you would want to own? So I always tell my private money lenders, worst case scenario, if let's say for, you know, I stopped paying, you know, and you have to foreclose on me. Well, if that's a property like in East Texas, that's not something that I'm interested in having, right? I mean, it had to be a super good deal for me to have it out there in East Texas. So would you want to own it? Or maybe it's the type of property. Like I typically purchase three bedrooms, two baths. So if it's a two bedroom, one bath, that's not really my favorite type of property to buy. And then the ARV, the after repair value, the comps. So I'm a real estate broker. So I, I run my own comps and I do it for all of my people that are participating in a lending deal. But who is running those comps? Because this is another thing you have to be kind of careful about. Um, you can go in and manipulate numbers um, wherever you get them from, you know, the MLS or whatever. Um, wholesalers do this a lot. They'll go in and they'll pick, you know, properties from two years ago that sold on a street, you know, four miles down the road or whatever to kind of get the number they need. So the reason that this is important is because it's, you don't want to lend hundred percent on a property. So if the property is valued at $150,000, you don't want to lend $150,000. You want to have some equity left over just in case you do just kind of like the banks do or whatever. And you want your investor to have a little skin in the game. And then the exit strategy, this is important to know. So there's so many little elements you can see that kind of go into that. It's like, great, yeah, I have $10,000, $20,000. But here's where I'm saying that you as the lender need to be cognizant of what you need to ask about. So the exit strategy, this is like, how are you gonna get paid back? What is that investor gonna do with that property? Are they flipping it? Are they keeping it as a rental? Are they owner financing it? If they are owner financing it, did they buy it subject to, and are you in first lien position? So all of those things. And then on the borrower, how do you know that? So this is really important. And this is really what private lending is all about. Uh, Quest Trust tonight actually has a guy talking about, um, he wrote a book about, you know, raising all the money that you want or whatever. Private money lending, uh, Brant Phillips is another good guy to, that I've learned a lot from about private money lending. Uh, it's about your relationship. Like think about all of the people that are in your family, your friends that have IRAs. And, you know, you can put deals together just like I'm going to show you tonight. So if in your family, you have um, like an HSA for your family, you have a, a educational account for your child, or maybe you have multiple children, you and your wife both have um, an account, you, you can cobble those together, you can put those together, 
as individual accounts. You don't have to stick them all together in one account and you can become a private money lender. So it doesn't have to be just, you know, Joe has 10,000 and Sally has 10. I mean, you can do that too with other people, but you can put it together with people that you may already know. And then what's the experience level of not only the person that's asking for the money, but also the person who's being a private money lender. So I do like to help brand new people, brand new to uh, being a private money lender, but they take a little bit of more handholding, right? Because they've never done it before. They're a little nervous because you know, it is their money. And we're talking about, you know, four or five, $10,000. And the paperwork can be the first time you do it a little daunting. So um, that experience, and then they have to know that time is of the essence. So if you have a lot of questions about doing this, then you really need to educate yourself before you start private money lending. And I'll just give you an example of this. So I um, worked with uh, a deal that it was, I was borrowing the money from the, the account holders. And so I was working with one person and said, okay, this is what you need to do. You know, make sure you get your paperwork in and all that. And I actually created a packet of direction. It's called direction of investment. And I give it to each of my account holders. So they know exactly how to fill out the paperwork. So I make it as transparent as I possibly can. I just can't sign your name. And anyway, I'm on my way to closing and they still hadn't clicked the button to, you know, get their funds going. So and they could have delayed the deal. And the thing is, is that they were one of three other, they were one, there were four investors all together, or I'm sorry, four account holders all together. And so that one person was holding up the deal. So you don't want to be that one person, right? Because everybody's going to talk about and stuff. And then the experience level on the flip side of that is of the investor. So I tend not to loan, uh, money to, uh, whether it's, you know, private money, you know, checkbook money, whatever, to inexperienced investors because they, they are inexperienced. And so I don't want to take that risk. I would have to be on the deal somehow like partnering or something so I can kind of watch over, um, the progress there. And then do they have a signed contract? And so the reason I put this in here, uh, I'm just saying, you just want to make sure that you're not, that it's a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like that they're, they're not trying to wholesale it, trying to, you want to make sure that this, the person that's borrowing the money has an exit strategy that includes either owner financing, rental, but they're planning on somehow keeping that, or even if they're flipping it, but they actually have the property under contract. Um, and again, it goes back to the exit strategy. How are they paying you back? And the ARV, the repairs, what are the repairs? Who's doing the repairs? And who's like, really, who's who's bringing that deal to you? So I, I know that was a lot of info, but you have to kind of vet the deal and vet the bar, and you can kind of do that at the same time. So, okay, Kyle, let's go on to the next slide, please. Because I really want to get to the deal that I want to show you guys. Okay, so what you don't want to happen is you don't want to lose your money. You, uh, yeah. you want to make, you don't want to get, you don't get paid back. That's, you don't. You have to foreclose and, you know, if you're inexperienced, so you, that's what you don't want to happen. So let's go on to the next. I see the, the money just flying away there. But what will happen if you do it right and you work with people that you know, uh, know what they're doing is that you're going to increase your cash value to your IRA. So personally, um, one of my famous stories that I've told with Quest is that, you know, my husband and I had a, a IRA. It had like, I don't know, $11,000 in it. We bought a property for $10,000 and we ended up owner financing it. And it was like, you know, 114% return on our investment, you know, so that increased and we're gaining value, actually cash value in our IRA that's tax deferred. Um, and it doesn't impact your 
um, contributions, like I said, and terms are flexible. So I work, when I borrow money, um, you know, if I, I can structure a deal where you can get more interest over a longer period of time. So the difference between, you know, 10% and 8, 8% interest, really it's, it's pretty minuscule. You know, if you're just talking about six months, you know, that kind of thing. So, but I'll actually try to get my investors as much money, but I go longer. So I only like to pay like 8%. So, um, which compared to hard money loans, which are like 12, you know, 14%, that kind of thing. So, uh, okay. Somebody said, please comment on UBIT. Now, so I've never had, I've never experienced UBIT. Uh, the deal that I'm going to talk about on November 10th, there's a possibility I could be hit with UBIT. Um, but you know what, here's the thing. You have to look at the value of, so I have been a real estate investor for quite some time. And when I flip a house, I'm going to pay like, I don't know, up to a third of that money that I earn. So one of the things that works for me as an investor, whether I use an IRA bar or whatever is number one, if I'm borrowing private money, um, terms, it's easier to get the money, right? I don't have to go through all of the hassle of going to the banks and that kind of thing. It's relationship. I can usually get the money a lot faster and the terms are very reasonable. Uh, as far as like the UBIT, um, I really couldn't speak to it a whole lot because I haven't really ever dealt with it. Um, and so what I would say is like, check with your CPA, but just the transactions that I've done as far as like buying property, being a private money lender, and uh, using options, I have not ever been audited by the areas to, you know, get the UBIT. So I don't know if that answers it or not. So I'm not, I'm not very schooled on that. So I don't like to, you know, really tell you anything I don't know. But uh, I can certainly find out if that's something that you're really interested in. I can kind of find out. And Quest, they have so many uh, good resources over there that you could probably just call them and talk to them. Or um, in fact, I think they have something on their website about UBIT. So don't know if that helps or not. Um, okay, next slide, please. Okay, so we talked about, so my two strategies for uh, private money lending is I look at rentals and owner finance. So I, when we're talking about um, owner finance, or I'm sorry, borrowing investors' monies, I do have used uh, my account holders to do flips. It's a little more messier for me just because I can usually go get a hard money loan and all of that. So what I do is I usually just look at my private money lenders or being a private money lender with an exit strategy that includes rentals and owner finance. Because if you're talking about a, a, a small dollar IRA, I am very fine with leaving my $5,000 in there for, you know, five years or 10 years. If you have time, if you're younger and you have time, why not? I don't know that there's any place right now you could get a steady, you know, 8% return on that kind of money. Um, the other option is owner finance. So a lot of times what will happen is I'll use my private money lenders to do an owner finance deal. And then I end up making the, um, the, my end buyer refinance out two or three years, or I'll sell, I'll sell partial of the note to pay off my, my uh, private money lenders. Uh, on the rental strategy to acquire the property makes sense for me to use my account holders, my IRA account holders as private money lenders. And then usually I can refinance out to pay them off. So you always have to have what is the exit strategy to pay off the lenders or which we're talking about the IRA account holders right now. 
Okay, next slide, please. So what documents do you need? So there's probably more, but these are the general ones that are completely used um, most of the time. So there's a warranty deed. Now there's a JV agreement. I'm gonna kind of wait a little bit when we get the other slide, cause I actually have a, a, the numbers for it broken down between uh, multiple account holders. But if you go in with um, say two or three people, now if it's family members and you know them, you know, I wouldn't do this, but um, sometimes I'll lend and I'll use people they are not related at all. And we need to have a JV agreement behind the scenes, meaning that if for some reason, the, let's say there's three or four account holders on the first lien position on the deed of trust, right? Or the warranty deed and you have to foreclose. So the the people that came together as the private money lenders have to agree, well, what, what are we gonna do in that case? Because not one of those um, account holders can foreclose. They have to do it kind of collectively. Now, in my deals, what we do is we say, okay, uh, you know, I'm a real estate broker. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna sell that property, right? To pay off everybody not one person's gonna take advantage and buy the property at discount. The main goal is to get all the lenders paid off, all the account holders and make them whole. So there needs to be a contract, um, a direction of investment, a promissory note. So what this means is, so if I am borrowing money from you, from your IRA, you know, you're lending somebody asked the question about, you know, LLC or corporation or whatever. So I buy my properties in an LLC when I'm, you know, using private money when I'm using your account, right? But if I'm buying it with my IRA, then it's just the IRA and the IRA is not in an LLC. It just is a standalone IRA. I don't know if that, I'll kind of get, come back to that in a minute. So um, the promissory note, so when I'm borrowing the money, so I'm using my account holders, um, they're my private money lender. So my LLC is buying the house but Nancy is gonna personally guarantee, that's the promissory note. I'm giving them a personal guarantee that if something goes south with that home, that they can come after me personally to get their money. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, a, it's just another layer of protection for my account holders and it makes them feel good. Cause then, you know, they got some, like basically I'm putting some skin in the game. And then there might need to be an amendment to the contract. So typically what happens is the contract, I'll get it under contract and I'm not sure exactly how I'm gonna title it. And this has to do if I'm buying it in the IRA. So in answer to the question, so if I'm buying a property with my LLC, but then I say, hey, you know what? I wanna do an option on this. I wanna change that from, you know, I wanna buy it in my IRA. Then you might have to do an amendment well, you do have to do an amendment to take it out of your entity and put it in your IRA, which is just a one piece, one piece of paperwork. And the title company is going to require it. And then the property is actually titled in your IRA, if that makes sense. Um, that's kind of more what we talked about last week was acquiring it. In this case, where there's private money lenders, they're just going to be on the uh, warranty deed as showing that they have a lien on the property. So, okay, so next uh, I have my little kitty cat here trying to take my water. Next slide, please. Okay, so this is an actual example of a deal I did uh, last year. And you can see, I'm going to walk you through this. So kind of just bear with me here. So this is an example of a private money structure and a lending uh, and what the lenders earn. So this was between myself and these six account holders. Now, I did not have six different people on the deal. I had four, 
all right? And two of the people had two separate IRAs. Remember I said you could use a Roth, you could use a traditional, you can use a SEP. So there were six accounts, right? And for this example, I'm just calling it, you know, account holder. I didn't, I thought it would be too confusing. So, but you can do this with one person. You can do it with three people. Uh, you can do it with 10. I mean, there's really no limit to this, right? So in your family, for example, so let's say you have four kids and they each have, um, I don't know, $1,000 in their Cloverdale educational account. So you could use, that's $4,000. And let's say you and your wife both have, or you and your partner both have, I don't know, 30,000. So now uh, each, so now you have $64,000 to become a private money lender. So do you see, you can combine those. Now you do not have to set up a separate account. Um, on the deed of trust, it will actually say like account holder one, you know, for the benefit of Jane Doe, IRA number, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it'll say for an interest, um, what they call it is a, the benefit interest, right? So what you'll see here is on the account holder one, account holder one had $50,000. So the total that I needed was $150,000 on this property. So it was for the rehab, the purchase and all of that. Account holder one had $50,000, right? And you simply do, and I know some of you are like probably more math people than I are. So I'm going to admit right now that there's, I had to kind of like make the numbers work a bit. So this is more the example. It's not one, one to the title company. So the, the percent of lending, that's something that you do. You know, the Quest Trust or the custodial company doesn't do that. So you literally, it's a division. You know, it's 50,000 divided by 150. It's like 33 and, you know, 0.33333. So you have to write, because they're not going to round up or round down for you. And you're going to have to make it work because you can't pay somebody, you know, point. 666667 or whatever on the, the payment. And I'm gonna get I'm gonna explain that in a minute because I was probably like, what is she talking about? Okay, so each of these account holders, this is the amount of money that they put into the deal. So I've needed $150,000. And then the percent of lending is what each of that value is for each person or how much their uh the percentage of their lending is. Okay. And then down at the bottom, you'll see that the terms that I set up with them was I would pay them two points or $3,000. So one, you know, that's on the 150,000. Think of that as the origination fee and then 10% interest. Okay. I'm twice over a 12 month period. So that comes out to $1,250 a month. That's my cost. So to borrow this money, it's costing me $3,000 in points and $1,250 every month. And so in this particular deal, I paid the $3,000 up front to my account holders, and then I send in a check to Quest every month. Now, what that means is that $3,000 that was collected at closing, and then the title company sent that money to Quest, and Quest then got the $3,000, and they had the piece of paper that said, okay, account holder one, on the very far corner here, points paid, Account holder one of the $3,000 got $995 right off the bat. And then the second one, 820, 610. So you can see as you come down the total amount of $3,000 and it shows what each account holder got just when they, um, you know, just for letting me borrow their money, right? Now, remember that I told you about the fees, the $125 that they each had to pay to lend me the money. So that I didn't put that on here. So I had to pay $125 six times, which also became 
part of my closing costs, right? So I just didn't put that on here because it wasn't going back to them. I just reimbursing them basically. Um, and then on the monthly interest, so remember I said, I'm, I'm going to be paying 1,250 on that 150. So you can see the monthly interest due to each of the account holders is in that fourth column. So every month I would send a, a check to Quest and the check is made out to Quest Trust Company. And then Quest took that check and then they broke it down into account holder one, two, three. So Quest does all of that. And I did kind of have to fudge the numbers here to come out to 1,250 because I was doing it in a, in a hurry. Um, it, the, the way the percentages work, it kind of, and what happens is when I'm doing this, every single account holder that is doing a deal with me, once they've agreed, I'll reach out to them and say, hey, Sally, I've got this deal. Do you want to come in on it? And they'll say, yes, how much do you have? Once I have all of my account holders together, then, then I start a string of emails. All of my account holders, every person gets a table like this. And it'll say, okay, this is what Sally's getting. This is what Joe's, because it has been, their names in it at that point. Because I am very transparent and I want you to know, hey, this is what, you know, I'm paying based on this. And it's also kind of a double check back thing because, you know, I'm not a math whiz. And so sometimes I do make a mistake and this is kind of a double check like, hey, are you good with these numbers or whatever? And, uh, and I want to make sure that I didn't make a mistake. So we'll do, I'll do this table up and send it to my account holders and go, okay, here's what I calculated. Can y'all check it? Right. So it's just a double check. So the percentages are calculated based on the amount of lending and the custodial company only needs to know how much each account holder has an undivided interest. That's what it's called. So on the warranty deed, it literally will say, for example, if I was one of these, let's say I'm uh, account holder number one on the warranty deed, it'll actually say quest. Who's the lien holder. Remember I said we're in first lien position. So this is who's going to be the first lien holder. It'll say quest trust company, FBO for the benefit of Nancy Lobb's IRA account number, blah, 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 uh, 33% undivided interest. That And then each person on the warranty deed has account holder two, three, four, and five. So that, that's what I'm talking about as far as the document. So in all of the documents, that is who owns that property, who has the lien on it, not owns it, but who has the lien on it. So I'm going to go check the chat room just to see if I have any questions about this one. So if you guys have, um, okay, questions, just want to see if I'm, okay, so if we don't have any specific questions about this, what we're going to do is go on to the next slide. Oh, okay, I guess we're at the end then. <laughs> so, all right, so one of the poll questions, I, I think it's going to come up. So Based on, you know, doing these seminars, I've been doing podcasts and webinars and things like that for Quest. I, I, uh, tomorrow night, I'm actually going to do a scary story. Uh, it's Fright Night at Quest or whatever. And every time I do this, I get people that call me or want to talk about, hey, you know, how, do, how can I do this? How can I grow my small, small dollar IRA? So I actually put an online course together. And you're going to be asked this here. And on November 10th at um, 12 o'clock, so I'm doing another one of these uh, at six o'clock for Real Estate IQ, but on November 10th at noon, I'm actually uh, doing a free webinar about my online course. And if you're interested, then I would suggest emailing me, letting me know that I can send you a link to it. It's free, it's no obligation. And I'm going to go over what that course is, what, you know, what you're going to get. Um, and, you know, cause it has the specifics of how to put these kinds of deals together. And I also, I'm going to go over the different forms that I'm going to give people, uh, if they take the course, because I think there's a lot of info and it's, it's more than I can give you. And just, you know, a 
45 minute uh, webinar. So anyway, uh, that is it guys. And now I do have a checklist for you. Do you have a freebie? So if anybody wants my checklist uh, that I put together about how I, it's really just a checklist of I used, I put all my dots together for putting an IRA. Um, I call it my IRA checklist, I guess. Uh, just send me an email or if you like the webinar, just send me an email. Or if you'd like the link uh, to the online course, uh, premiere, I guess I'm calling it. Um, it's more just about, you know, hey, this I did this. And over the course of the last couple of years, I just, I, I get so many people that, I mean, from my hairdresser to my dermatologist, you know, how can we do this? Because who doesn't want to know how to grow their IRA tax deferred, uh, you know, instead of just putting in the contributions every year. So thank you so much guys for um, joining me tonight and being here. I hope you're all staying safe and whatnot. And um, Kyle, I'm going to give it back to you. Thank you so much for that very wonderful presentation, um, Nancy. Um, let me just go through some few REIQ slides. And while I'm doing that one, you guys could open your chat box or the Q&A box and send in your questions for Nancy so that we could uh, go through that one during the Q&A. So this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, the number one in deal finding with over 45,000 leads every month. And our guarantee is you'll always find a deal with REIQ. And we would like to um, request you guys for your feedback at the end of this webinar. You'll be getting a link for a survey form or, or a feedback form. Uh, please do answer that one. It will really help us uh, know what you guys uh, want on the webinars and what are the things that we can improve on. So please do answer that uh, feedback form after you leave this webinar or after I close this uh, webinar room. So we got the customer service details on your screen right now. I'll be having that one on the chat box in just a bit. So we guarantee you a two-hour response time if you contact us through this, um, these details that are on your screen right now. So we got freebies also, and we have this next poll that we have. I'll be pulling it up, and it will be right on your screen right now so that we would know what freebies you are mm -hmm. interested in. Please do answer that poll. And... If you missed the free 45-minute one-on-one deal finding training, you can still request for that on the chat box. Just type in um, demo or request for demo. I'll be getting your details through the chat box if you request for that. And you can also register to our free deal finding training webinars. You just go to realestateiq.co slash events to get to know more about REIQ tools. So uh, you could um, discover more about it and know that it will help your business. Um, we got this community portal. You can uh, visit this at community.realestateiq.co. It's like a social media page for real estate. You can visit, uh, visit this and join various groups. You can ask questions to our speakers and those kind of stuff through this website. 
And like I said, we got free webinars ongoing every week, a lot of them. And you can check those out at realestateiq.co slash events and register for um, those webinars that you are interested in. And right now, we'll be doing Q&A. I got um, Nancy's details, contact details on the screen. I'll be putting that one on the chat box also. So you could copy paste that one on the desktop. As of now, I don't see any questions on the chat box and the Q&A box. So um, uh, let's just give a few more minutes for attendees to ask questions. I think Nancy already answered Tom through the chat box. Yeah, and I'll just kind of speak to that. I mean, uh, Tom asked, do I, uh, what was the question again? Oh, where's the chat box? Um, about do I lend out of, um, you know, uh, for asset protection point of view, do you loan out of a corporation, LLC, or no entity? And so when you're talking about lending with a account holders, uh, there's no entity. It's just, so the answer is no, there's no entity because it's each account holder is the lender. We're just combining the dollar amounts, um, but each account holder is the private money lender. So they, we don't take their money and put it into a LLC. The lending funnel is directly from their account. Uh, the funds are wired to the title company. And as I said, the, the little table that I showed, the title company gets that too. So everybody is knows who is, you know, who, what amount and what person is lending and what their undivided interest amount is. So, but a good question. So, and I do get asked that a lot, like, do you combine the money? And because when I, you know, I had to like wrap my head around, okay, well, how can you put all that money together? But they, it's kind of like standalone. Like think about it. If you had, you know, five $100 bills, right. It's not, it's still $500. It just happens to be in increments of five, you know, one, or I'm sorry, five 100 bills, but it's still $500. So same with the uh, IRA account holders. If you have three account holders that have $5,000 each, that's $15,000. So that, but collectively they're the private money lender, but individually they only have a percentage of the lending opportunity and are paid accordingly. But thank you everybody for giving up your Tuesday night and, uh, you know, don't forget to vote if you haven't voted. Thank you so much for answering that question, Nancy. So I just posted uh, the links that I was talking about earlier and also the contact details of Nancy through the chat box. So if you guys want to keep in touch with her, just copy paste that one on your computer. And Darren will be sending um, recordings of this webinar about 24 to 48 hours after the end of it. So you could uh, wait for that email. Our team will be sending that. So any more questions, guys, please drop it off the Q&A box and the chat box. And we'd like to invite everybody on the next uh, webinar of Nancy. That's going to be on November 10, yep. same time. Same so, time, same bat channel. Exactly. You all know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys uh, haven't registered for that one, please do. And if you guys could bring friends that could help, uh, that you could help through uh, the topic that Nancy is talking about, please do also. Thank you so much for being here. Any more last um, tips, Nancy, for our attendees? You know, just uh, everybody be safe out there and, uh, you know, do your marketing because I always talk about, you know, looking for a deal. And I think uh, now, you know, 
as we move forward into this new era of where we're, our country is going to end up, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities. And uh, one of the opportunities is to grow your small dollar IRA because I think people got, you know, with the stock market this past year, it's just been a roller coaster. And you know, this is what I can say about investing with this with your IRA, whether it's you know large, small, or whatever, is that you can get good returns, steady good returns and it's secured by real estate. So that's why I think this is really important. And um, I think that more people can benefit from it. So again, I'm here as a resource. And uh, like I said, if you guys are interested in that webinar, I'm going to do on November 10th uh, at noon, that's at noon, just shoot me an email, be happy to send you the link. It's no obligation, just going to go over, we go over more like what the course is about and what you're going to learn. So alrighty. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kyle. Right. Appreciate Thank you. you so much, Nancy. Thank you so much and see you on the next webinar. And Sounds everybody good. who's here, thank you so much. I, I pulled up the last poll for you to answer before I end up uh, this webinar. I'll just stick here for a minute or two for you guys to copy and paste all the details that you need on the chat box and for you guys to have time to answer the last poll on your screen. Thank you again, Nancy, and thank you, everybody. All right, thank you. Y'all take Happy care. Happy deal Bye -bye. finding. Have a yes, good day, everybody. Too. Happy investing. Bye-bye. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.